Hello, and welcome to the History of Egypt podcast. Today, we take a break from the story to look at a new piece of media, the Ubisoft video game Assassin's Creed Origins. Today, I want to give you a brief look at this new video game, and how its depiction of ancient Egypt stacks up with what we know from history and archaeology. Part review, part impressions, part historical analysis. I give you my thoughts on this new game. Is it any good? Well, let's find out. Before we begin, let me just introduce the basic premise of the game. Assassin's Creed is a video game series spanning about 10 major installments and a variety of smaller games. It is one of the biggest selling game franchises in history, with more than 100 million games sold. Players take on the role of the Assassins, a fictional order locked in a centuries-old battle with the Knights Templar. This war, and the games which explore it, traverse different continents and eras, from Crusader Jerusalem to Renaissance Florence, to Revolutionary France and Victorian England. Now, the franchise has come to ancient Egypt. Our protagonist is Bayek, the first of the Assassins. He is a man out for revenge, and a man looking to protect his people against the evils of oppressive powers. The name Bayek is unusual, but it might translate to Leopard or Destroyer. It depends on the hieroglyphs, which I haven't seen used in the game. It's a reputable name, implying ferocity or status, and Bayek certainly is fierce. The player uses Bayek for, well, assassinations, but they also use him for combat, exploration, undertaking quests, and investigating crimes. Standard video game stuff, Bayek fills the role quite well. Bayek is a very well-developed character, and I found him to be quite personable and likeable. But the most interesting part about Bayek is his profession. Bayek is a member of a group known as the Medjai. Now, the Medjai are quite famous, having been immortalized in films such as The Mummy, and many people who are passingly familiar with ancient Egypt have heard of them. What you may not know is their incredibly ancient and rich history. So, first of all, let's meet the Medjai. The Medjai people, or rather peoples, came from the lands which are now Sudan. They were Negro-African, and originally came down towards the Nile from the desert hinterlands. This was around 2500 BCE. Now back then, the Magi were not a single ethnic group. They were more of a variety of tribes and nomads. The reason we call them Magi is because the ancient Egyptians stereotyped these people, and called them people of the land of Medja, aka the Magi. Over time, this name stuck, and eventually the people did begin to use it for themselves. This is how, over the centuries, the Magi entered history as a distinct group. Once they did that, their story really takes off. The Magi entered Egypt as migrant workers, and sometimes as refugees. The Egyptians were suspicious of them. Being intensely wary of outsiders from all lands, the Egyptian state questioned Magi migrants, they assessed them, and tried to determine if they were a likely threat. The Egyptians even had patrols roaming the deserts to make sure that no families or groups slipped through into the Nile Valley uncontested. 
When they found migrating Magi coming near to the Nile, the Egyptians took them to one of their mighty fortresses for questioning. These forts, like the ones at Semna and Buhen in modern Sudan, were the first port of call for Magi looking to live in Egypt and participate in Egyptian society. Now, to the Egyptians' credit, their xenophobia was not unreasonable. They were hesitant to trust outsiders, and considered anyone who wasn't Egyptian to be somewhat barbaric. But they weren't stuck in this attitude. The Magi and other foreigners were able to overcome xenophobia by participating in Egyptian society and contributing to its institutions. It seems that over time, more and more members of the Magi communities began to do just this. So over time, the Egyptians began to respect them, and to appreciate what they could contribute to their society. So the Magi first show up in the record about 2500 BCE. By 1500 BCE, they had begun to serve the kings of Egypt as warriors. Not quite mercenaries, but more foreign volunteers in the armed forces. They lived and worked alongside Egyptian soldiers, which was an intensely difficult lifestyle, and they fought beside them in battle. The Magi, being people of African stock, were considered to be skilled and valuable warriors. The pharaohs prized their service. But in ancient Egypt, war was never a full-time occupation. There were no legions or standing armies to employ warriors all the time. Instead, fighting was seasonal, with a defined period of the year for campaigning. The rest of the time, what could the Magi do? By 1400 BCE, the Magi had entered Egyptian service as an ancient form of police. Not modern police, mind you. They didn't really arrest criminals or conduct investigations. Instead, the Magi acted as guards for important buildings, especially temples or granaries or treasuries. More importantly, they acted as sort of frontiersmen. They patrolled the deserts, the oases, and the canyons. While they did this, they hunted nomadic raiders and also dangerous animals. They guarded the frontiers against migrants or unexpected visitors, and they protected the roads which connected the Nile Valley to the oases of the western desert. So the Magi were a bit closer to what you might call sheriffs or guards than police. Still, it's a common word to use for them. So how does that stack up with the depiction of the Magi in the game? Well, Surprisingly well, actually. Bayek, our protagonist, travels across Egypt, and he is often entreated by characters to assist in civil disputes, crises involving kidnapping or theft, and tackling the problem of bandits around the country. Now, these aren't necessarily situations that we hear about in the documentary record, but it is possible that the role changed over time. The game is set a good 1500 years after the Magi's heyday, so it's not exactly impossible that they were doing this later. I guess what I'm saying is that it's not illusion-breaking to have Bayek do what he does. If he didn't, there probably wouldn't be much to the game beyond riding around deserts and standing outside of temples for hours, and hours, and hours. Yeah. So Bayek's service to his community, although structured like a video game, naturally, is actually quite believable to the historical record. It's all dramatised, of course, and he probably goes beyond the line of duty a lot. But Bayek is quite consistent with what a Magi might have got involved in. So for that, the game has to get a thumbs up from me.
Now, the Medjai were actually based out of ancient Thebes, which the Egyptians called Waset. Thebes was the most prominent city of the south, and home to a major national god, Amun, or the Hidden One. It was also home to the sacred tombs of the pharaohs, between about 1500 and 1000 BCE. Thebes, or Waset, was a government centre, a trade hub, a religious capital, and occasionally, a place of civil unrest. The game Assassin's Creed Origins takes place almost entirely within the north of Egypt, so it's actually established in places that the Magi might not necessarily have shown up too much. As far as we can tell, they were a mostly southern phenomenon, guarding the roads out to the oases, and protecting the tombs of the pharaohs. So in that respect, the video game does take some license with history. By relocating Bayek up to the north, around Alexandria, Memphis, Giza, and the Siwa Oasis, the character is well outside his original jurisdiction. But hey, that's a pretty minor quibble. And it's not hard to see how the developers may have focused on the north, with a longer-term intention to expand the map further to the south. I hope they do, because there is a lot to explore down in ancient Thebes. From the Valley of the Kings to the Temples of Karnak, to the western oases like Kaga and Dakla, even down to Nubia and the mighty fortresses which guarded the Nile Valley. There is a lot to explore that the game has not yet unlocked, and I for one, really hope they do. Not just because it would be fun to play, but because the video game Assassin's Creed Origins has, for my money, one of the best depictions of ancient Egypt I have ever seen in a game. But I'll come back to that in a moment. For now, let's finish up looking at the Magi. So the Magi were based out of ancient Thebes, where they reported to the local representative of Pharaoh, the Vizier. This was the main area of their activities, and most of the records to do with the Magi come from that region. It seems that as the Magi became integrated into Egyptian society, they became less of an ethnicity and more of a profession. So the word Magi slowly changed its meaning. By 1500 BCE, the Magi were no longer people from the Magi country, but instead one who serves as a Magi officer. This is interesting, because as far as we can tell, the Magi police were something of a mixed-race police force. They operated in the deserts of the south, but Egyptians and Nubians were serving together. It might be the world's first integrated police force. If so, it comes across nicely in the game. So that is the history behind the game's protagonist. The history behind the assassin, as it were. Although, we probably should talk about that word, assassin. The word assassin comes from the Middle Ages, and there is no counterpart in ancient Egypt. Certainly, the Egyptians were not above a little bit of political murder. At least three pharaohs were <clears throat> assassinated in their time, but there is no word analogous to assassin in ancient Egypt. The closest could be Khedebu, or one who kills. But the Magi were not proto-assassins. In fact, the most complete record we have about this is an incident where two Magi were the victims of a murder. In a pair of letters from the 12th century BCE, a local bigwig in Thebes, an army general, received word that two Magi had been overheard uttering something. We're not sure what they said, but we can assume it was some kind of treason or dishonourable conduct. Maybe it was a conspiracy, or theft of a royal tomb, or some other misdemeanour. Whatever it was, the general, who never names himself, 
decided that the best solution was simply to kill them. The general sent his servant, Pai Shuben, to murder the Magi in the night, and then dump their bodies into a canal. Apparently this was done to his specifications, and the conspirators promptly covered up the incident and forgot the whole thing. But somewhere along the line, they forgot to destroy the letters which testified to what they had done. Now we have no idea if they were ever caught or punished, but the letters were discovered and translated, and now we have a record of a strange little incident where two Magi were unfortunately murdered for something that we don't even know about. Poor Magi. So yeah, the Magi probably weren't the agents of death in the time of the pharaohs, but they were close to the pharaoh's representatives, like government officials. As guardians of great institutions like temples or sacred tombs, they were in the central circles of state power. This gave them a degree of legitimacy, a reputation, and an aura of respect. That's a legacy that survives even today, at least in the popular memory. I think we can say that Assassin's Creed Origins treats its subject seriously and with respect. The story plays out with great artistic liberties, of course, and it's all dialed up for drama and excitement. But what is happening with the characters, or at least the main character, is, to my mind, not outside the realms of possibility for a person of his status. Essentially, they have done their homework, and I am thoroughly appreciative. As for the game's representation of ancient Egypt, well, I may have already spoiled that, but this game is stunning. The developers have clearly put an amazing amount of care and dedication into creating a world which feels alive. From the way that the crops gently sway as you walked past them, to the small Egyptian cats which roam the villages, to the flights of ibis birds that take off from the water's edge, you can tell that the creators scoured Egyptian imagery for their inspiration. The game looks like something that the ancients would recognise as their land. They would also enjoy its sounds. Assassin's Creed Origins does something wonderful, which I've never seen in a video game before. As you travel the world, you'll find that every background character speaks in a language appropriate to their background and location. For instance, visit a small village on the Nile, and the peasants will be speaking ancient Egyptian. Or at least a version of it. Now we don't exactly know how Egyptian was pronounced, but the people are speaking the correct words and phrases. Push past someone, for instance, and they'll exclaim, Pai Necheru, or by the gods. Others might say, Red Eni Jedi Ankh, or give me eternal life. This is wonderful, little touches that help sell the illusion that you are in ancient Egypt. If you travel to Alexandria, you will hear characters speaking Greek, appropriate for the setting and the time. Heck, if your character goes to the Great Library, you'll see bearded men discussing their reception of Plato or Socrates. It's great to hear, and it really adds a wonderful atmosphere. As for the design of the world overall, well, it's lovely. Players traverse a huge swathe of northern Egypt, from the city of Memphis to the Mediterranean Sea and out to the Siwa Oasis. It's all condensed, of course, but the scale of the world is undoubtedly impressive. As is its detail, from the different pots and ceramics, to the cats which prowl the streets, to the architecture of the villages, everything screams research and attention to detail. I have to say, I've spent a good 60% of my time in the game just exploring. It's really delightful. 
Story-wise, the game is your classic Cleopatra-style epic. Political machinations, tensions between the Greco-Egyptian Ptolemies and the natives of the land, and of course, a healthy dose of what seems to be like magic. It is a fantasy game set in ancient Egypt, but it delivers on those as it hopes to. In an excellent touch though, every major assassination of a villainous character brings with it a short cutscene in which Bayek delivers to them a form of divine judgement. I'm not spoiling the story when I say that, occasionally, Bayek and his villain, whom he's just murdered, will appear in a sort of in-between space. They'll speak about what's just happened, while Bayek carries a single feather. This feather is a representation of the Ma'at feather, the feather representing truth, or more accurately, order. The proper rule of the universe was conducted according to Ma'at, and Bayek, wielding this little feather, sets himself up, in symbolism, as an agent of the traditional pharaonic worldview. Now, to most people, that may seem fairly inconsequential, but to someone like me, it really put a smile on my face. Especially because Bayek carries this feather while making references to the Duat, which is the ancient word for the underworld. Essentially, he acts as a sort of judge of those in life. He assassinates them, and delivers them to the hands of the gods, for further punishment. It is reasonably consistent with what the Egyptians might have believed. Granted, they may not have approved of the murder, but the act of passing judgement upon a man who has led a wicked life, they would certainly have gone along with that. Overall, Assassin's Creed Origins is just a wonderful addition to the pantheon of games or media based in ancient Egypt. To my mind, its Egyptological foundations are perfectly respectable, and respectful, of the legacy on which it is built. I have to say, just in short, I loved this game, and I am thoroughly looking forward to many more hours of exploring its beautiful depiction of the ancient world. So those are my impressions of the new game, Assassin's Creed Origins. Is the game fun to play? Absolutely. Is it respectful of the historical traditions of ancient Egypt? I think so. I think they could easily have gone with a much more cinematic or light-hearted route with this kind of material. But the fact that they chose to treat their history and archaeology, and just their world-building, with the level of care and attention that they do, really speaks to the developer's credit. I have to say, they did a lovely job. I'm going back to the game now. See you! Thanks for joining me for this review of Assassin's Creed Origins. As a disclaimer, I just want to note that I purchased the game myself. I did not receive an advanced copy, or any kind of special consideration from the developers. I purchased it so that I could give you my honest opinion, uncluttered by any other relationships. So yeah, this was my genuine reception of the game. The History of Egypt podcast will be back in one week with a pair of supplementary episodes to the reign of Thutmose IV. We're going to meet some folks who lived in the ancient Fayum, an area, incidentally, which you get to explore in Assassin's Creed Origins. So, join us in a week, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>